Mishkin put out a 97-slide report on the future of digital marketing and our boys attempt to understand it. Rant. Please come and yell at them. This is above the fold and below your expectations. And welcome, everyone, to Episode 7 of Season 2 of Above the Fold. As always, you got Francis here as the creative guy, and you got Jeff as the data guy here to talk about all things digital marketing um, that we that we see fit. Um, it's been a while since we've recorded uh, the podcast. Jeff was on a uh, was at a conference recently, which is why we had a kind of a break. Um, Jeff, you were at PubCon in Florida. Is that right? I was. So in on the website, when I read this uh, a couple of weeks ago before you left, um, they they described it as the spring break of digital con- <laughs> of, dis- of digital marketing conferences. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, not, that's how, not how spring breakish was it? That's not that's not PubCon. That's Florida. They were just describing Florida. <laughs> No, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding that. That's just Florida. Wherever you go, it's just, it's just spring break everywhere. Spring break just never ended. It never ended in Florida. It's just the constant. No, it's just perpetual spring break. I've got details. Do, do you want me to get into them? Sure. Give us one detail. All right. So I was, uh, I went and got dinner at an outdoor bar. That's the, that's the nice part. You know, like when you go down to Florida, you've got outdoor bars and outdoor restaurants and stuff. So that feels really nice. I went to one of them where I met a yacht captain because that's what you do when you're in Florida. You own a yacht and you own your own captain. <laughs> Seriously, the dude actually introduced himself as like Captain <laughs> Captain Bob. It was Captain Bob, for real. It was Captain Bob? It was Captain Bob, yeah. I, I was always so hoping it was going to be Captain Ron, but it wasn't. I was just going to say that I wish it was Captain Ron. That would have been fantastic. No, no, no. I met Captain, Captain Bob and the guys, like, I was here yesterday and there were some spring break kids that were like 19, 20, hammered drunk. And when I walked away, he tried to convince the bartender that I was going to buy him a drink. And then when I came back, the bartender's like, you going to buy this minor a drink? No, absolutely (laughs) not. That's just like a thing that happens. Um, (laughs) And then as you, as you know, I was going around, it's like checking out the area through various coffee shops, preparing for this big speech that I was going to do. And then uh, I came back and got some lunch outside at my, uh, at my hotel and sure enough, just outrageously drunken, middle-aged, rich people everywhere at the bar. Just like, <laughs> I'm talking three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, sloppy, falling off the chair. Hey, how are you doing? This one lady actually took my laptop while I was working. Mm-hmm. She took my laptop and started going, she went into Gchat and started chatting people. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to get fired. All right, you animals, knock it off. That's amazing. It that's was. amazing. So that's the, is that the true face of retirement? Is that what retirement actually looks like? Cause you see all these pictures or videos of like happier, older people that are in a lake. These people weren't retired, Francis. These are, these are all middle-aged oh, they weren't? They're just- working people <laughs> like on trips or whatever. And they're all just hammered drunk and they're all single. Wow. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like spring break old folks home. <laughs> At least where I was staying. I, I mean, there, there were the, the regular, the, the, prototypical spring, uh, spring breakers that I was just talking about. They're trying to steal free beer from, uh, from people, but, but mostly it was pretty wealthy, middle-aged, single hammered people everywhere. Sounds like a perfect place to have a, have a conference. So, um, tell, how was your speech? What did you talk about? Um, how did they, how did people react? Were there explosions? I have so many questions. Um, how was, how was the speech? 
I, I covered every single detail. I expected everything to go wrong because I've never done a speech yeah. before. And I, th- I think as you should, you should expect everything's going to wrong, go wrong so you can prepare for it. So I did and I got there and I was ready to go. It was the end of the day, last segment, last presentation of the day. Like, all right, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to entertain these people because they're half asleep drooling on themselves. <laughs> ri- they're ripping ready. It's spring break, Florida, man. They're ready to rock and roll. They're not ready to listen to me. So I get up there and uh, my presentation isn't preloaded. So that doesn't load on the computer. I bring a backup USB just in case, right? Because I'm yeah. pl- I'm covering all my bases. USB isn't right. isn't read by the computer, so that doesn't work. I had to borrow somebody's USB to load it from my computer. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody's waiting. There's there's 50 people in the audience just staring at me like I'm an idiot, <laughs> which I am. And it doesn't. So I borrow USB. I quick upload it on the USB, throw it on the computer, and then the mouse doesn't work. <laughs> no working mouse. Yeah, I know. So you're in presenter mode. Anybody that's used PowerPoint before a presenter, they know you've got a note section that you can see yeah. that the audience can't see. And then you've got a presentation section that the audience can see. So you can, you've got like your own little, they're like flashcards, basically. I can't go through. There's no mouse. I have no flashcards. So I'm just like winging it. You basically lost all your notes. You had no notes and you were forced to just speak with your slides, basically. Yes, but fortunately, fortunately, and unfortunately for our EP Lauren Fox, our AI police, I went through this. I rehearsed it a million times, like to my neighbors in in the adjoining uh, hotel room, to Fox, to everybody. So I had the whole thing memorized. So it actually didn't end up being too much of a problem. That's good. How was uh, how was the crowd? Did they did they get into it? Were they rocking and rolling with you? Were they? You know, they did. Yeah, yeah. They, they did. Well, anytime that you show somebody a graph that goes up and to the right, and you say that you can do this, you automatically get it's it's like cheating, basically. <laughs> it's conference cheating. Um, so they were they were engaged because what I was showing shows you the prospect of gaining a a ton of traffic. Um, so that that was interesting, and it, it actually kept people after the presentation for like 20, 25 minutes. So we had like five different people ask questions uh, during and then stayed afterwards. So it was pretty cool. Did you mention the podcast? Um, do you want the truth or do you want me to make you feel good? Oh, you jerk. No. Who am I going to mention no, it to? it's fine. I, I, I could have mentioned it during the press. Oh, I could have mentioned it during the presentation, huh? Yeah. You could have mentioned it during the, pre- you could have had one slide. Well, oh, by the way, this You know, is that was the last thing on my mind on. when I had, Palm sweaty mom spaghetti going on up there. I can't get the, I can't get the USB <laughs> drive to, to go. Hey, by the way, like I was about to do the Elaine dance from Seinfeld. Yeah. By the way, we got a podcast of this. Like, lay me off, Johnny. That would have worked. That would have been totally fine. That's totally fine. No, we don't need we don't need listeners. It's cool. So um, different different uh, approach this uh, during this show. We have one massive topic that Jeff and I are going to take in three different, uh, three different sections. And this comes from, um, our good pal or, our, you know, our, our hero Rand Fishkin and Jeff, you sent this to me. It is a 97 slot, 97 slides. Right. So it's, it's right. a freaking 90, like, 97 like slides. You, you won't send me a, I won't watch a video link if you send it to me and no, a 97 slide. Somehow we both, we both made it through it. I read it twice. Right. Yeah. I actually, I, I'm not going to lie. I did it too. If I told you, I'm going to send you a 97 slide deck. What are the odds that you would normally go through that thing? 
zero. My first react, I will, I will take you through the play by play of how I reacted. I opened up <laughs> the link. I saw one of ninety seven, and out loud I said, "Come on, come on, man! Are you effing serious?" Um, the gall on this guy. Exactly. And then I started going to slide one and slide two, and I realized, okay, at least he's not like packing these things with you know two hundred words constantly on each one of these slides. It runs pretty fast. So it's 97 slides, but if you compact it, it's probably got, what, 12, 12 slides worth of, like, you know, if you change the font and everything um, of information. It's like uh, 12 slides of, of meat, but it, it like you said, if it, it flows, man. It kind of stands alone. You really don't even need the presentation that goes with it. And I think the presentation was for Search Love. I'm, I'm guessing. Rand doesn't listen to this. He won't correct it. We'll just say it's Search Love. I can't wait till he does. He'll, he'll totally listen to this Which is, now. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Any brand publicity is good publicity. <laughs> but for the for our listeners, uh, search search love is kind of like I think it's the counter to uh, the PubCon one that I went to. So search love is mm. was down in San Diego. It's a huge SEO conference, and mine was in uh, Florida. I think they run these things concurrent on purpose. So it probably forces people to choose one to go to, which obviously ended up in Florida. Florida. Yeah. I, I love how you keep saying Florida with this hint of disdain in your voice. Oh, disdain. Like you can't, you can't say it without like <laughs> cringing a little. Um, love my spring breakers, my middle-aged <laughs> spring breakers on yachts. Does that mean the San Diego one is more refined? Like do more people like do the more refined <laughs> digital marketers show up in San Diego? Whatever one I didn't go to is definitely more refined. <laughs> <laughs> we keep, we keep talking about, 97 slides. Let's talk about what it's called. This is the, it's called the next era era of, of web marketing, how marketers can stay ahead of industry wide change in 2019 and beyond. Now that, that doesn't That did not grab me. The only thing that grabbed me was then when you sent this to me and you told me Rand goes through everything, man, he goes through social, he goes through influencers and he's kind of tearing all this stuff apart. So that, that was initially like my draw. I wanted to kind of see what was going on. 97 slides and all. Um, and what we're going to do is I'm going to do this in three different. We're going to talk about two things that ran picked up in topic one. We're going to do the other two things in topic two. And um, we're going to end it with Rand's, you know, uh, suggestion of how to not only fix this, but how to move forward. Um, Jeff, do you want to do the honors of talking about the first two things that uh, Rand pointed out? Uh, yeah, sure. What was the first one? Did you even read it? Did you even read it? <laughs> twice. Twice. It's 97, 97 slides. Uh, so social media, right? I believe that was the first thing they jumps into. It's actually like broken into six sections. I think the first one he talks about is social, right? It is. Which is, yes. which good is, job. You should feel good about yourself now. Thanks, man. I do. I do. And it's uh, actually, it goes back to a topic that we've covered pretty extensively before. It's how, social media is keeping people on platform more and more and more, like not just a lot, but almost completely. And that's especially the case when it comes to uh, businesses, right? So businesses used to be successful on social media, specifically on Facebook, where they would post things and you'd actually get search impressions. Now, surprise, surprise, social media platforms are more about social as opposed to business stuff. So there's been a, an enormous decline in the visibility that um, businesses get when they publish stuff uh, on their channels. It's dropped down to, was it like 0.09% visibility, something like that. Does that sound right? 
it was it was bad. It was low. It was real low. And yeah, yeah, everyone it was it affected different every single vertical. It wasn't even like specifically yeah, you know, any specific business. It was all of some them. Some do like, like marginally better than the other ones, but I mean it's it's still a race to the bottom. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be any light at the end of the tunnel. So what what he's suggesting is that yeah, social media is is really, really tough for businesses right now. And it's it's gotten to the point where he says 10 email addresses is worth 10,000 followers or 10,000 <laughs> followers, likes, whatever, whatever platform you're choosing. Followers, likes. Yeah. yeah. Basically it was better to make kind of more genuine connections than trying to, to focus on social. But it's, I mean, this isn't that I'll be honest. It's not that surprising. We have talked about it a lot in terms of, uh, you know, specifically Facebook, you know, how, what is the plan? Facebook, yeah. how do you, how do you imagine, you know, the next, <laughs> where are you going to be in five years, Facebook? Tell us, tell us what your, what your career path is. Um, it's pretty obvious. Like they keep losing in terms of like, you know, how many users and are people engaged on Facebook? Do they, is the next generation on Facebook? The answer is no. It makes a lot of sense that businesses. Maybe, maybe that's why they're doing it. You know, maybe it could be that they misread what's happening. They said, all right, we're going to make this more of a social platform. Businesses are going to get less reach so that we get people using it for social and people will be more interested in, in using Facebook and we won't lose them. You know, they're, maybe they're trying to plug the bleeding by reducing the exposure the businesses have on there. That could be part of it, but they've already lost. They've lost the window of trying to get more people into Facebook or you know, joining. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe they're, maybe it's like a ditch effort in, okay. in order to, okay. to, um, get people interested. Okay. Okay. Like, so I'm sorry if things we were selling your data, we're going to stop making business stuff less prominent and we're going to make it more about social media. But I mean, it's like uh, using a, using a shot glass to shovel the water out of your canoe as it's sinking. That's a great analogy, isn't it? Yeah, it'll work. It just, it's, it's an awful analogy, but um, it, it, I get it's the point. It's, it's, <laughs> They're going to light me up in the show notes. I know, <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean? It, uh, it might've just I been do. an effort I like, do. Oh, Oh shoot. We went too far. We went too far with this, with this business thing, with the, the whole business model of, of, uh, selling data and advertising. We'll make it less about the businesses and we'll make it more about the people. But now they forgot one major thing is it's just not cool. Right. And people aren't going to be on there if it's not cool. No. People are gone. The only people on there are parents and uh, PTA members. I know because I see them constantly. And um, <laughs> that's our generation. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's kind it's kind of a moot point, really. What they're doing here with the businesses is a moot point. But businesses need to pay attention because they spend a lot of money on there, and they yeah they need to be paying attention to their to their uh, exposure rate, which is really really low. So um, I mean, just to reiterate, this is the 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 first of four things that Rand kind of focuses on is, as kind of being an issue. These are part of the problems that are kind of up against uh, digital marketers right now. And um, the other one is Google. Well, let's not, not yet. Not yet. Let, let's talk a little bit about he's big on email. So what he's suggesting in this section here is that email is more powerful than social. And that's kind of an interesting point because email has been around way, way, way longer than social email marketing has been along you know, longer than social. It's just, I feel like it gets ignored because it's not very sexy. It's not the new thing. 
but it doesn't make it any less effective. It's been, it's a constant and it's kind of a foundational element of, you know, the internet. We still need email to some, to some degree, um, just for basic communication. Social was kind of an add on to all that. Um, it makes, yeah, it was, and it was a sexy, it was a sexy new yeah. tech that marketers could use. Yeah. Um, but email, I, I really think that businesses should be really making their email programs a lot more advanced. And there's a, a lot of reasons for this. When you get email, when you get somebody's email address that's opted in, opted in to hear from you, they may not be ready to buy something, but it gives you an opportunity to build a relationship with them and to nurture that relationship over time until they are ready to buy something from you. And it really is one of the only channels where you get to put your message directly in front of the visitor. Whereas when you're advertising on Facebook, whatever, it's, it's usually an ad on the side. It's something that they're scrolling past. Whereas email, they open up the email, it's directly in front of their face. The exact message that you want to put out there is right in front of their face. So that's why it's such a, a powerful channel. It's just not sexy anymore. And it can be controlled in the sense that you can save it. You don't have to like experience it as you're scrolling through something. You can be like, no, I'll read that later. Or I, I like that, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to delete that just now. Um, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And I do think that we have to be careful because th- there was a point where email was kind of like social, meaning that, God, I have that, those, look at my inbox. It's half businesses, half, you know, whatever, these newsletters or all this crap. Um, yeah. Yeah. If, if it's very possible for it to kind of go the other way. I do think, and I think Rand gets into this at the end, the idea that it's it's part of a, a bigger picture. You know, you do email, but it's not the only thing you do. And what I'm getting at is that in the past, when email first kind of emerged, people were like, oh, we're going to do that. And that is all we'll need to do. And to be fair, that was probably that and maybe two other things they could have done. Um, as long as email is part of an ongoing, like, structure or you know a, a balance of different ways to market to your audience i think that's where it's strong because the fact that you can control it how it looks and so on i think that's that's huge yeah I mean, you've got full control over it you've got somebody's attention depending on how good the email is mm-hmm. for at least a couple seconds yeah they open it up and you've done a really good job you might have their attention for 10 seconds you might even get a link click you know so it's 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 a channel that that businesses I would recommend get into um, 10 times over social. I think you would have 10 times the return if more people focused on email rather than social. I'll even say that in some ways it's almost novel to get an email that's well-written, that looks great because we've been conditioned for the Twitter account, for the news feed, everything, everything that kind of comes with social media to see something that shows up in your inbox and suddenly it's, Oh wow, this is really cool. It, it gives you that pause. I guess what I'm saying is that the window is right now. The window to do this is perfect right now yeah. because it's novel. It's going to end at some point when more people get into email marketing, uh, which means it's got to evolve. It's got to do something else. But right now, that window is wide open. Yeah, maybe I need to qualify my statement. So businesses should get into email marketing. They should get it into it. and They should do it right. They shouldn't yeah. do a shit job of it. No. Because- all you have to do is look through your inbox and you'll see 30 examples of really crappy emails from businesses. So I think the best way, honestly, the best way that I've learned how to do email marketing is to look at what came into your inbox that day and not do that. 
I have that same I have that same reaction every time I get an email from you. When I see, oh, look what <laughs> Jeff wrote on this thing. That's- My emails are great. <laughs> they're like one they're one line, easy to digest, <laughs> and v- very, very simple. I never make long emails. Of course. Mr. No. Writer. <laughs> diatribe. All right. All right. I detracted us. Uh, you wanted to jump into uh no click searches. I did, yeah, because again, in our first topic, there's two different things that Ryan's talking about. The second one is Google parentheses for the first time sends less organic traffic, and what he's getting at is what exactly what you just said: the no click searches, the idea that people are searching for stuff, but they're not going, they're not, they're not touching, they're not touching the link. Google's kind of giving them the answer already, thus they don't have to go to the link, which means people aren't visiting websites, people aren't clicking through to your business, to your page, to your informational database, um, because Google has this set up where the information is right there. Yeah, people people are pissed. We brought this up last time, mm-hmm. but this marks an, a new milestone in that uh, not only was this brought up and uh, addressed in an article, I think by somebody at Google, um, but this was something that was mentioned by Rand at a major SEO conference. Mm-hmm. So- Authors, content publishers are pissed. SEOs are pissed. Uh, it's it's a big deal. We got an ecosystem here that's that's kind of it's kind of breaking, and I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes over the next few months here, um, because our jobs are on the line. That's interesting for one. A lot of people's uh, companies' revenue is on the line. That's a that's kind of a big deal too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's a, it's in a really weird place right now. He has, Rand has a chart in this 97 slide presentation. Um, and um, this one specifically says that zero click searches are up 30% in two years. When you said, you know, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I think we see it, man. I think what's going to happen is that this starts to ramp up. You know, it's not going to be 15% every year. It's likely going to be another 30%. I mean, maybe this is silly to say, but I think it could be faster. And I think in another year, it could be could be more. I don't think so. Because I think we weren't really just, I, th- I think we weren't saying much about it. We were just letting it happen. It's kind of like, all right, they take an inch, they take an inch more, they take an inch more, and you just mm-hmm. kind of let it happen. Yeah. But it almost feels like we've gotten to a point where we've we've reached a breaking point and people are, are really upset about it. Obviously, uh, Rand putting this in a deck, sending it out, um, speaking at a conference about it we may have reached a point where people are are pissed enough to put their foot down. And maybe this is where the line is getting drawn in the sand. So you think there's enough anger and, and, and frustration out there to kind of, this will stop. At, at some point, there, there still will be zero-click searches, but there'll be a limit to it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we'll just go to DuckDuckGo. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we're talking about, right? Basically, like a huge, yeah. uh, huge rebellion. Just go to DuckDuckGo. I mean, it's starting to happen. De-index all of our set content from Google. Um, I I sent you, and it's just for our listeners. It happened. It literally happened today that it was announced that DuckDuckGo um, could now be um, a search engine within Google, uh, within Chrome. Sorry, um, which hadn't happened before. I mean, Chrome had other search engines in there, like Yahoo, which. Let's, I don't know why, whatever, Yahoo's there. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's surprising that they, uh, it's kind of surprising that Chrome let them in, huh? I know. I mean, technically, technically they could be taking, well, they would take market share. I would think so. 
I mean, it seems like it's part of it. And then someone else brought up, uh, actually, Cugini did, our chief burn officer, right? Um, <laughs> even though it's in Chrome, doesn't it mean that they're still getting our data? Yeah. You know, regardless of the search engine you're using, you're still using Chrome, you know? Oh, I don't know. I would just assume yes. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Anything that can be tracked will be tracked. Even Yeah, actually, even on that point, um, there was a representative from Google, Gary uh, Ills? I can't pronounce his last name. Sorry, Gary. Uh, he says anything that can be tracked on a search engine result page is being tracked. They literally track every piece of data that's happening on a search engine result page. Wow. So just assume that much. Well, that's already scary. And I I realize we're talking about DuckDuckGo. You like the customization, though. You know what? No. I said I, I was shocked by it. I was shocked that I had become so accustomed to the customization and that when I started using DuckDuckGo, it, it did take some like getting used to. Um, I will say, and this is a sad, sad thing that I like, I'm using it on my iPad and there's a button uh, at the bottom of the search engine and it looks like a fire, like a little, like a flame. You touch that and the thing, like whatever web page you're on, there's a button that shows up and it says, you know, clear history and clear, you know, everything. You hit that and the, the, the animation has the flame like go up from the bottom of the website. To, it's awesome every time. I will use it because it's like, it's burning after reading. It's like, nope, it's gone. No one can know what I just did. Um, that alone has been engaging enough for me to use DuckDuckGo more because I like yeah. that. I like the fire animation. Uh, that's, in that's interesting because there is kind of a, a big push towards ephemeral marketing or ephemeral um, content creation. Snapchat, uh, Facebook wants to do that. You sent me something on that, didn't you? When, yeah, kind of like the burn after reading sort of thing where it can be, you can send a message and then it's gone. And so there's no, there's no record of it sort of thing. Yeah. Like, like the Zuck had this, uh, this grand inspiration that ephemeral marketing is, is the next big thing. Dude, welcome to 21st century, man. <laughs> Snapchat did that. It started what, six years ago? Yeah. It was a while ago. Um, wow. That was big what push, a revelation, but, dude. Yeah. He's, he's catching up. He's catching up. Yeah. Um, should we move on to do uh, the second thing, the topic two? There was, there was another takeaway that Rand right. had on that and it was, uh, how to do keyword research, how to publish content. So in the past, it was a lot of people would try to target keywords when they're writing content that they want to rank for that has high search volume. And then we had a, a shift towards, all right, it's pretty obvious that some of us smaller players in the, in the space can't rank for super high search volume terms. So you aim for longer tail terms with lower search volume, but are less competitive. You start to rank for those. He's saying that we should make a shift towards uh, click-through rate, like, expected click-through rate for keywords uh, that you're trying to rank for. And I'm going to have to explain what that means. So if you if you think that you can rank for a keyword on page one, obviously that's a, that's a good thing. You should only target keywords that you're pretty certain you can rank on page one for. Uh, and the old way of thinking was that that was, that was the way to go. Once you get on page one, you're set. That's That's the goal. That's the milestone. You're all good. That's not the case because of everything that we're talking about now. So even if you do rank on page one, if you've got a search engine result page for that keyword that contains a whole bunch of these featured snippets, 
PPC ads, carousels, all these distractions, it's going to drop your click-through rate uh, by a significant amount. So even if you are ranking well on page one, if there's all this other crap that's taking away search clicks, then you're not going to get that traffic. So it's important to consider how many distractions are on the page for the keywords that you're trying to rank for. And you can use that using Moz's tool, which is, I think it's called uh, Opportunity, the Opportunity Score, or it's Click-Through Rate Score. I don't know, something like that. But yeah, you, you plug in a keyword and it'll tell you on a score of zero to 100 uh, how likely your click-through rate will be or how strong your click-through rate potential will be for that keyword. And it does that by evaluating basically how much crap is on the page, how many distractions are there that aren't organic results. So for people listening, use those type of tools and evaluate what's on page one and see how many distractions are there. You know, is, Are there a whole bunch of snippets? Are there a whole bunch of PPC ads? All the stuff that Google keeps adding to it that's taking away from clicks, so search no clicks, the more there is, the worse the keyword. So I think that's part of his takeaway amongst many other things. The cl- I mean, the click-through rate versus traffic, I mean, has always kind of been around for a while, but it was really interesting for Rand to kind of lay all that out and even showing, and I forget, I'm not going to remember what slide this is on, but I remember he pointed out how the traffic could be huge, but your click-through rate was better, and that was, in a weird way, more genuine. It was more authentic, you know, traffic or uh, or visitors that were coming in. Um which is interesting because that idea of authenticity or, or, or something being more genuine, if I had to call it, that was kind of a big theme throughout this whole 97 slide presentation because we lived in this world where it was all about getting as high of numbers as possible. Like you said, the chart that goes up and to the right, let's make sure it always looks like that. And now it doesn't, it actually doesn't mean that anymore. You know, who cares about traffic if it's traffic in the wrong place? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and speaking of authenticity, he gets into influencer marketing. You want I to know, that? and that's topic two. That's why I was so excited to get there. So let's uh, yeah. let's can this and go let's ahead. go to let's go to topic two. So topic two, we love talking about, and we have the excuse now. It's in a report, Lauren. We don't. We have to. It's absolutely. Ha- <laughs> uh, We've got clearance. I think influencers are not influencing anybody. And I saw, and I read that and I like, I stared at it for a while because I knew you and I wouldn't have to, first of all, I knew not to even bring this up when we even talked about prep on this show, because I, I, we would love talking about this. And on top of that, it's coming off the heels of the, uh, of the college, uh, scandal where, where a lot of these, a lot of these young kids, a lot of these rich kids, um, were getting into college things to mom and dad, you know, paying off and bribing, um, and there was one quote the same. They went to Harvard to be an influencer or something like that. So what was that story? What what happened there? No, no, they bribed us. They bribed this guy. This guy has a business where basically he gets you into the college of your choice through a side door. Now, what that means is that um, there are three ways in his eyes to get into college. One, good grades, you know, great SATs. Um, the second way, uh, massive donation, you know, build a building, uh, at, at the college campus and then you can get in, you know, that was kind of the old, old money, old money way. Third way was his way, which was the side door, which meant that he got your name as a potential, like high quality, like athlete from a, like a tennis coach or a polo coach or whatever that upped your chances to get into this college in many ways. Um, essays were doctored. 
Um, people were in the classroom with the kid taking the SATs and correcting their, their wrong answers. Um, it was stuff like that. And this guy got paid millions to help families uh, and help kids get into the school that they wanted. So, so if uh, donating a $20 million new infinity pool didn't get your kid in, this would be like, what, a last resort type thing? His way was, was guaranteed. Like you could donate the 20 mil infinity pool, but there wasn't a guarantee for you to go to that school. Um, his way got you in. So basically like when they do these donations, it really is just a bribe, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It is. So, so in theory, like you could, you could donate or have this $30 million statue built of the Dean mm-hmm. and he could just say, Hey, thanks. Put it yeah. in his backyard. And <laughs> basically, <laughs> that's exactly it. what could happen. That's exactly <laughs> what could happen. Um, uh, I went to a little college. I don't, I don't know how these things <laughs> People wore sandals into class and, uh, and hemp sweaters. So ran pretty much lights influencer marketing on fire, basically saying that it's, it's a thing, but they're not really influencing anybody, which I mean, you, you love talking about this, Jeff, you already had a gut reaction to like, I, I bet this doesn't do anything. And Rand is here to tell you that you're right. So validating to hear from an authority. <laughs> I love this, this this quote here. Influencer marketing in 2012 is uh, defined as discover all the sources that influence your audience. Do marketing in all of those places. 2019 influencer marketing. Pay half naked people on Instagram $500 to snap a photo with your product. <laughs> it's not wrong. Accurate. That's absolutely accurate. Accurate. <laughs> That's not even like embellishment at all. That's for real happening right now. Actually, that might be. That might be really low. 500 bucks. I was reading about some of these people that are making thousands, 50,000, 100,000. I mean, you you could probably make $500. I don't think you're I don't think you're $1,000 ready for uh, How am I making my dog might be able to yeah, make Maybe you're definitely she's, your dog. She's at least she's cute. <laughs> Fair my enough. fat slob avatar isn't making $5,000 anywhere. <laughs> $500, whatever. Whatever, whatever amount of money, it's not getting it. Uh, the other thing I liked about this is that he also, um, and I think this was because he was trying to uh, hype up his tool, um, of fake followers. The idea that so many of these accounts now, these followers aren't even real. So the whole thing about, which kind of goes back to why they're not influencers, which again is what you harked on for so long. Um, you had no way to gauge the quality of these people who are actually following this person. You know, that's actually a tool that they make, right? That's what Our I was tool? saying. It's, it's it's part of what yeah. he was saying, that it helps to hype up the, to the tool that they're going to put out there to yeah. help people gauge, you know, who these followers are. Did you see that slide in there that had all the politicians? I'm looking at it. I'm literally looking at it right oh, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the, like, was it 50% of Trump's followers? 60. Actually bots? It's 60%. 60, 60. Yeah. That's crazy. He has the, I mean, he has, he's probably got the most followers out of all of them, but percentage wise, he had the highest number of fake, you yeah. know, fall bot span, probably whatever followers following him on Twitter. Yeah. But they all do. Yeah. Every one of those politicians has at least 25% fake bot followers. I mean, so it goes back to what you said before. I mean, who cares about that, that number then again, in a weird way, it's not about the traffic. It's not about the number of followers you have. Companies do. The big, the big shiny number that they keep throwing money at. They do, but they have no idea what Influ- it means. Influencer, <laughs> quote unquote. Influ- no, they have no idea what it means. They have no idea what it means. No. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of similar to like 
what content marketing was back in 2008. They have no idea what it means. They're just going to throw money at it. <laughs> you work with the internet, the internet thing. We could, we could do that. Yeah. You have some. <laughs> oh, it's shiny. Well, no, it's true. Even actually, uh, there's another slide in there that I took a note on that less than 50% of influencer marketing campaigns uh, actually ask for ROI. Meaning like the people that hire mm. these people to do influencer marketing campaigns, only 50% of them will ask for any reporting on ROI. That's right. I remember that. And the, the, I think I want to say the quote came from an influencer because he or she was explaining like, this is oh, ridiculous. It did. That it, it did. You know, it was, uh, they should be asking for more metrics. I, I've done nothing for them. Like basically admitting, yeah, I'm an influencer, but I don't do anything. And this is kind of where it's, where, where it's going. That's a, Obviously, that's that's a bubble, yeah. right? I mean, if if there's ever been a definition of bubble, the writing's on the wall, and there's already backlash about it. That's pretty much the definition of a bubble. So thinking back- It's just excitement. Way, way, way overexcited. Thinking back to the Fire Festival of last year, to now the, yes, the, 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 college, the college scandal right now, which honestly is affecting a lot of these kids who are- who do are of technically quote unquote influencers on social media. Wait, I don't, I don't even see it. How do you make this connection between these, um, these rich kids getting into college and influencers? Because a lot of them are, a lot of them are trying to be influencers. Thanks to being in college. If you had read any news stories on this, Jeff, you would have realized that one of the celebrities getting arrested is, uh, Laura Laughlin or whatever from full house and fuller house and her daughter, uh, uh Olivia grace has a million point five uh, followers on Instagram. And she's one of the kids affected Good. in this uh, whatever. And right now Good. she's claiming, Burn it not, down. Not, not, not had no idea. Um, but it's pretty clear that, I mean, when you look, a lot of her new, the news reports are going through her old Instagram posts and so on. There's a video of her saying how much she hates school. There's another one about her. It seems like she's traveling all over the place. The one that I loved, funny enough, it also involves a yacht. <laughs> is when all this news was breaking she was <laughs> up with yachts right now. she was oh, on a yacht right she was on a yacht with i think and she goes to u university of southern california you know a uh, usc she was on a yacht with the dean's daughter i think and they had to turn the yacht around because she had to get back to the states <laughs> to deal with this uh to deal with this mess um <laughs> But that's what oh, I. Oh, that feels so good. <laughs> that feels so good to hear. I'm telling you, man, just drop the neutron bomb, set everybody, dial everybody back to zero, and just watch all the people cry. That's kind. Of, I know that's kind of sick, but it's sick. But it'd be yeah, so yeah, satisfying. I mean, just seeing. So, <laughs> so satisfying. Oh my god! All these fake numbers. It's just so vapid disgusting. <laughs> uh, i'm so glad i'm just so glad to see uh rand dropping a bomb on this he did he did not yeah he didn't appreciate influencer marketing at all which isn't to say that at its core it won't work there i mean if you did it right and well and got the right influencers yes it can be part of your whole plan but uh it'll it'll do it'll just do what con uh with con what content marketing did it started out as a bubble it was like a good idea. That was a shiny new red ball that everybody wanted to play with, mm -hmm. and then it popped, right? And now it's getting now it's getting rebuilt the right way. So fundamentally, there is an idea there. It's just it's just getting abused, and it's got to stop getting abused because that's the that would be stop abusing the stop bubble. Abusing the bubble. It's gonna pop, <laughs> people. Stop abusing the bubble.
the only other thing to mention in the presentation is um, after influencers, he talked about web advertising trending to zero. Um, <laughs> basically, the main thing that was driving a lot of businesses and organizations saying that, oh, we have to advertise on the web, straight down the toilet, all gone. Um, <laughs> may not be may not be a thing anymore. <laughs> yes, I, I don't even understand that section. About the Very whole well. like that was the only section of web advertising. Like I don't uh, what exactly was he referring to? It seems like he's referring. I think everything. Many markets aren't accountable to metrics. They don't. Going back to the, they're ignoring data, Jeff. They don't care about data. They're just buying ads and saying like, I don't give a crap. Are you baiting me? A kind you're of baiting, yeah. You feel that? You feel you're that? Baiting me on that. <laughs> <laughs> they have all these numbers, and you know what? They don't know what to do with them, and they just put them right in the trash. Um. But that doesn't mean it's not working, right? I mean, we use we use PPC for one of our brands, our Australian brand, and it works. It's, it, I'm not. Is, it's, is he referring to just? I don't. I don't get it. Like, is he referring to everything? He's talking Every about type of he's, web advertising. He's talking about ROI. He's talking about ROI. Ad yeah. costs have gone up, while ROI trends down. Basically, sure. it's it's the money. Sure. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. You're not getting what you what the money you're putting in. It's not not helping you at all. You know, it's not it's saying it's probably it. user error. Are you saying, I think you're saying Rand is wrong. I think that's what you're getting at that. Oh no, no, no. No, I'm no, no. Sure it sounds, no, it sounds like, right. it sounds like you don't <laughs> like Rand right now and you're calling him out <laughs> on this 97 slide presentation that he slaved over, man. Like he probably spent months on this thing and you're just crapping all over it. Would you care to comment on that? Yeah, I actually did see him tweet one time. <laughs> Finishing my slide deck right now. Hopefully, my Uber car makes it to the presentation on time. <laughs> so, I don't know if months is the right way to put it. Uh, I, I might, be, if anything, I might be calling him out on uh, on his the amount of time he takes to prepare for these things. Um, I have a theory. No, no, that, that's not what I'm saying. No, wait, hold on. I have what a random I, ass theory not, that I want to get out first. I have a theory that this slide deck was actually longer. That at one point it was like a hundred and something. And someone told him it's got to be under a hundred, or no one will click on it. Like it's got to be at least in the high nineties. Because if you the second you cross a hundred, oh, yeah. people will just say "f you, Rand, I'm done," and they're not even gonna look at it. It's like the the ninety nine cent theory. Basically, the yeah. Like that's what I read. Hundred dollars. Yeah. I'm not buying that for hundred dollars now. Ninety nine dollars. It's ninety seven slides. Ooh, now you, There's no way right, some like we, I guarantee this was longer. We got something to talk about. <laughs> Back to my point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My point was that I'm sure his numbers are right and that ROI is, is really, really down. But could it mean that there's just a ton of people trying this? And they have no idea what they're doing and they're doing it wrong and they're dragging down the numbers. Meanwhile, there could be there could be people doing it right and their numbers are just fine. I mean, I think you could say that about I think you, you're using user error or user ignorance, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. as part of this. And I, I think that could be sure. tacked yeah. onto a lot of different things, you know, like you and archery, you know, he should be good at it, but you know, I was a, <laughs> I was a ringer. Uh, you know what? She actually, ah, damn it. She said, do you want me to take a picture with your, uh, with your grouping? Cause I had like a really nice tight grouping yeah. from eight feet. And, uh, I said, oh, no, man, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want you to take a picture of me. You're a fool. But I knew in the back of my head you were going to question my grouping. Yeah. 
I'm and questioning it right now. I'm questioning the whole hobby at this point. Is she even real? Is she an AI? Is this something that you just made up? Are you just drawing pictures of yourself at home with a with a with a bow and, and arrows? I don't believe anything now. I don't know. I don't know what's real. This is the definition of pics oh or it didn't happen, Jeff. You should have gotten a picture. Are we in a simulation right now? <laughs> Would have simulated a taller body. <laughs> uh anyway. I don't. Whoa! I think you have a point. Tangent. Maybe. Holy freaking tangent! That was a wild. I think tangent. I've got a point. You had one. I think I've got a point. Went all over the place. Yeah. Um, but basically, you're saying that maybe there's still worth. Uh, there's still something worthwhile with web advertising, but people aren't doing it well or right. Um, and maybe it's not the thing that's gonna. Yeah. To be clear, this doesn't include social advertising, right? Is he's just talking about. The web in general. I it's just large. talking about the web. It's I don't I I no. mean I could be reading All this right. wrong, but All right. yeah. Well, we have we experience success with retargeting through AdRoll. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, PPC. Your emails apparently you like writing your emails. And that's you different though. That's not <laughs> that's not that's not that's not web advertising though. No, it's not. I, that, I guess I'm still kind of confused on what more that could be, and why it didn't say PPC or retargeting. Maybe it's just I don't know. Maybe it's all lumped together. I, it's been okay for it's been okay for us, but yeah, it it wouldn't surprise me, especially if PPC is not doing as well uh, with the amount of crap they're putting on search engine result pages. It wouldn't surprise me if it's if it's going down a little bit. Here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna edit out the part where I to call you out about you calling Rand out, and we're gonna send that to him and get him on the show so we can set you straight. <laughs> You think that'll work? Yeah, I, think I don't that'll think it's going to work. I think that'll work. And we'll just do it. Yeah. I'll do it every day. I'll just find a new way to give him the audio for it. He goes, dude, this guy, man, he's calling and talking <laughs> about you. What are you going to do? <laughs> we plan to do that to Elon. It's the high too. school strategy. Yeah, right. we aim too high, man. <laughs> Come on. He was, well, he was busy digging his holes. He's got other shit going on. He's He's got more things to worry about than his holes in LA. Yeah, yeah. He's got SEC all over him. Oh, yeah, what's going on with Tesla? Are they going to make it? I don't. They had cut. They had cuts like eight percent. That was that's old. I thought we talked about this before, but yeah, they had oh, cuts and no new. He it just popped up in my. He resigned. I think from he's not the CEO of both things anymore. I don't think. Um, Hold on, let me let me bring it. Up. <laughs> they cut like eight percent of their workforce. This was just like less than a week ago that I read. I think it was they more cut, than eight like, percent of their workforce. No. All right. Hey, no. You. I'll. I'll give you the win. I'll give you the win. Um, I don't know um, what's happening. I don't know what's happening with Tesla and whether or not uh, or it was a it was a furlough, maybe. So you're 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 reading things wrong again. Is that what's is that what's happening here? Well, a furlough is like please don't come into work because we can't pay you. So what's the difference? <laughs> right. I think at some point you're allowed to back in work if you're on furlough. If you're cut, you're cut. You know, you're off the team. Oh my god. Don't make the mistake of searching Tesla news articles. <laughs> I've scrolled 40 times and I'm on three days ago. <laughs> uh, okay, let's um, let's move on to the last thing, which was basically Rand's plan for how to do marketing in 2019. So basically, um, going through everything, if Rand's going talking about, um, you know, social diminishing outlink traffic, Google sending less organic traffic, influencers are the worst thing in the world, and something about web advertising that Jeff doesn't understand, Ran was laying down, <laughs> <laughs> laying down basically a playbook Cheap shot. of how of how to kind of go about um, 
uh, marketing in 2019. And the thing that the, the slide I think that spoke to me was basically saying, make your website parentheses and email list the center of your digital campaigns. Um, make sure this is your your website is the thing, and you're not so focused on yeah. getting people to recognize you in other places. There you go. Back to email. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge yeah, thing. It's, it's, almost... it's, it goes back to the idea of, of, I think, being more genuine and being and ensuring that whatever it is, um, it's not just a high number. You don't need all the followers or all the traffic or whatever. You need the right people, which we've always said. Oh, you know what's interesting? Tell me. Oh, yeah. He, he killed the, the conversion funnel, too. He killed the funnel. Yeah, he called it a, a flywheel, flywheel, didn't he? Called it a flywheel. We got a flywheel now. The, the funnel, the funnels, if Rand killed it, is it dead? I would think so. He named it. He already gave it a name. You named something. Now it's real. Yeah. The great marketing flywheel. Um, oh, and please, you can't tell me that that name won't catch on. Flywheel? Flywheel sounds that great. Is the, that's going to be the buzzword for the next five years. It feels actionable. I can imagine a flywheel. It seems more positive than a funnel. Funnel, I think, I honestly think about a toilet. Um, something going down and spiraling <laughs> all the way down. You go to a toilet? <laughs> that's, I, wow, man, that's a leap. <laughs> Video games at one in the morning, toilets. Uh, yeah. Fly. <laughs> I can I just imagine it now, five years from now. Uh, uh, can you please tell us what our marketing flywheel could look like? The, We'd like a proposal. Yeah, thanks. it's a toilet. Okay, thanks, bye. Toilet. Um, we, want our, we want our flywheel. No, I, I I like it. Flywheel sounds pretty good. Explain, explain the flywheel though, because everybody knows the funnel. What, is, what did the flywheel look like? You're asking me to explain the flywheel. I'm trying to just catch up to Rand. Right now, it looks like a wheel, and there's a bunch of stuff that you got to do, and they're all connected. That's my that's my basic understanding. That's exactly of it. it. It's a wheel. It's a bunch of stuff you got to do, and you got to connect them. Somehow. I solved it. I solved it. It is. It really is. Well, I, I think the whole point, of, that's exactly what it is. The wheel, it's a bunch of stuff that you got to do. Uh, and the idea is when you do all these things, you pretty much all those ideas that you had about the funnel, uh, they all get included. Yeah. Right. So you do all of these things and basically you're like covering your distribution. Um, you're covering your, your email, you're covering your persona targeting, you're covering everything. And basically, it all comes around to creating really, really good content that does everything, and it can attract anybody from any channel. So it kind of it covers all of the things that a, a quote-unquote funnel would do, but you do it in a way that's um, lost. I see, Rand lost me. I, I I'm still trying to comprehend. Well, this. I mean, because it's a different shape, man. I mean, we've been so used to seeing this funnel thing that and, and trying to have the flywheel in our mind. You know, we got to get used to this thing. But what he's I, yeah, I just like blew a circuit. Right? My <laughs> ears smoking, and I just went <laughs> like I need somebody to come reset me. <laughs> um, basically, my under flywheel. It's constantly moving. I mean, if you remember when Sonny was on our show, Sonny Sharp talking about how much he hated the funnel, he basically said it's not that shape anymore because people don't just show up at a specific point. You know, it's not that like black and white. Like it's going to be this part of the funnel or this part of the funnel. The flywheel, I think, allows that that sort of um, uh, the idea that it can happen at any time, and it's constantly moving. Yeah, you know, it's not so rigid 
that it has to be it has to be this one one point one point of entry. The flywheel allows it to kind of be multiple points of entry and multiple ways to influence yeah. and multiple ways to engage, which feels more um, active, I think, and more realistic, especially yeah. to how the internet audience now kind of exists. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's because that that funnel, the typical funnel, just assumes uh, the same route that everybody's going to take. Like, ah, oh, read a blog article, consume an ebook, um, read a case study, and then you know, ask to talk to a salesperson. Yeah, but we know that never that never really amounts to that. So this flywheel thing, it's like you create a piece of content and then you cover every base around. Do you have a slide in front of you? distribution one of the flywheel. It might be better to talk through it or at least explain what's in that flywheel. So I'm looking at, I mean, he had different flywheels. I think that's part of the problem, but the one that's... Yeah, he had like three. Yeah, they're not very They're not very good looking either. These look like the last slides that he made. <laughs> See, this is why this goes back to the theory that this was, this was probably a hundred or more slides initially. And someone just said, get this into one. Maybe that's how the flywheel was created. Rand was forced to put everything <laughs> and it was slide. He goes, fine, it's a flywheel. Um, all right, all right, God damn it. I'll get it under 100. Watch. Flywheel. So, flywheel. <laughs> um, the content marketing flywheel, which is probably the one that, that speaks closest to us. Um, basically, just imagine a circle. Um, and the top part of the circle says earn links plus amplification. Goes into grow social, email, RSS, um, grow domain authority. I'm going, now I'm going around the circle here, around the, the flywheel. Um, earn search and referral traffic, rank for more competitive keywords, keyword research, industry intu intuition, publish content, push to email, RSS subscribers, promote via social channels, and kind of goes all the way around. So that's basically the flywheel he's describing. And we should put yeah. this in our in our notes and have, um, have Andy Barks put his own spin ah, on the flywheel. But um, that's basically what Rand has in the content <laughs> marketing flywheel slide. In this flywheel, it's almost like nothing's done in isolation. Yeah, it's, it kind of feels like that sometimes. Yeah. When you create a piece of content, it's almost like an arbitrary thing that you do afterwards. Like, okay, now promote it on social. Mm. And it's kind of like these, these isolated different distribution plans. Whereas this flywheel kind of, it's like a fully rounded out strategy around every piece of content. Like it's gonna work here. You do this, 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 and this. Like you said, it's like a bunch of bunch of things that you need to do. So every single piece of content covers like every possible entry point that you could have, and every piece of content builds on itself and it improves future pieces of content basically. So it's like better planning, I guess. It just seems like better planning. What I'm what I'm realizing is that this is likely the best visual representation I've ever seen of an actual strategy because when you consider, you know, the funnel or even but also the worst visual representation, <laughs> it's like the best and the worst It's really, ugly. I guess that's true. I guess it's the best and the worst because it's tough to, it's tough to describe it when you yeah. see it and you understand kind of how it's, how it's going to be, you know, maybe it should be an animation that literally like turns and, you know, we can see all the things Ooh. flying off into various yeah. places. Um, like the, we just need the prices, the prices, right wheel. Yes. No, even better. Do you remember those fireworks that you'd put like on a peg or like on a nail and spin around and jump? I do. Yeah. They made that sound. That'd yeah. be perfect. We should just have that. Wow. And then, then people would understand the flywheel. It just has to be more interactive. 
Come on, Rand. You couldn't instead put that sparks, in the... It's, <laughs> yeah. Instead of sparks, it's like shooting out words and ebooks and <laughs> podcasts and stuff. And then and then it would That's just the hit the right audience right in the head. And the audience person would be like, yes, this ebook worked. And they'll run right, run, run right to you. Yeah. This could be so... Just sprays sunshine out of it. And you got happy, delight. Is that the word? Delighted. You've got delighted customers all over the place. <laughs> Every time you light off your flywheel. The flywheel. We did it. We figured out the flywheel. And uh, and yeah, better animation yeah. for it. Um, Rand, we're here waiting, man. We got more ideas. Uh, we could help. <laughs> <laughs> I, can we get that animated? I, why not, cool. man? Let's do that and just send it right to Rand. And then um, and then also hey, with your audio we, of him, of you yelling about him, I think that both those <laughs> things would be like, perfect. I was, is a general criticism. <laughs> uh, hey, Rand. We love your flywheel. Thought it was kind of ugly. Here's an animated one. <laughs> come on our show. Please come on our show. Uh, and set us right. Set It'll us work. right. I'm optimistic. Yeah. I'm optimistic. I think I honestly, we're talking about something real. I think he'd, I think he'd dig it. Honestly, I think he'd dig it. Um, that feels like a natural place to end us calling Rand out, talking about a flywheel. Um, I'm impressed. You and I went through a whole report together. I'm even more impressed. We didn't veer that badly. We veered a lot. Uh, we'll let the audience decide on that one. It's pretty revering. It's only Cugini uh, who's really <laughs> going to judge us. That's basically the only person that's uh, that's going to tell us what's up. Um, as always, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, you can find us in your favorite podcast uh, sort of streaming mechanism. And uh, we'll be back with um, even more guests. we are got a bunch of guests lined up. Um, very exciting. Shocked full, folks. Tons of them. Yeah. And... Um, our next recording will be happening in um, Columbia, half of it maybe Columbia. in Columbia, with Jeff in Columbia, me hey. still in Boston. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how we mess that one up. All in Spanish. <laughs> all in Spanish recording. Yeah, that's not going to last very long at all. It's going to have three words in the Taco Bell menu. That's it. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Hey, everybody.